if you want to build momentum, you got to move. Mm-hmm. And 75 hard definitely makes you move. Well, it made me feel like I was that killer I was when I was in the Marine Corps. Mm-hmm. Like, I knew I was the baddest dude in the room. Mm-hmm. Like, I knew when I was in the Marine Corps. Like, that, that shit's beating your head mm-hmm. through boot camp, through school of infantry. Like, you have an understanding that you're a fucking killer and you're the baddest dude in any room you walk in. I got out 10 years later. I didn't have that edge. Mm-hmm. I still had it, but I had barely, like, I had a great job. I made great money. Our life was fantastic, but I was miserable. Yeah. And I drank too much. I had all the all this stuff mm-hmm. because I was I was on the drug of what a salary is. Yeah. And I wasn't interested. It just didn't make me happy because I had drug I, out there. I had all these in, I had all these inhibition, all these ideas, the stuff I should be doing. Yeah, you're stuffing it down, stuffing it down. Yeah, because comfort. People want comfort, but I don't I don't like to be comfortable. Dude, we all have the best time ever to start a small business. If I'm not gonna be 100% in, I'm not gonna do it. Come on, man, just be yourself. Yeah, and, like, and just show up as yourself. If you don't realize what I'm really about, I'm about freedom, family, and my country. Mr. Ron. Welcome to Fireside. What do you think about our little setup here? I love it, man. How's it going? How was vacation? Vacation was good. It was a lot of fun. We, uh, it's been two years since my wife and I, Kelly, were able to get away without the children. Um, we've done a bunch of four or five day trips to the mountains and, you know, my son was born during COVID, so we weren't able to get on an airplane for two or three mm-hmm. years. There's no way I was sticking a mask over my face and definitely not my child. Um, and then Kelly got pregnant not too far after that. So it's been two years since we got away, so it was nice to just go hit some restaurants, have some cocktails, sleep in a little bit. Um, a lot of fun. Hopefully we can get back to it soon. The couples retreat coming up. Mm-hmm. We're going to be able to ditch the kids again. <laughs> That's awesome. It's always good when you can get away, spend some time, uh, and kind of just get back to like what it was like before you had kids. And yeah. That can be hard, especially doing... Running this stuff, and yeah. Run and like you're running now. You're up here from North mm-hmm. Carolina. Yeah, that's where you and your beautiful wife and your family live now. And you shot up to AC to get to a, a conference you were invited to. Yeah, some type of accelerated program, and uh, to kind of meet some more people and push your app and everything you're doing. And that's why you're here. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, it's about continuing to network and just continue to, you know, get in the right rooms. I think that's life. As you continue to develop and continue to get older, it's just about making sure you're in the right rooms. And when that opportunity approaches, taking it. Yeah. Be, be targeted with the room. Mm-hmm. But, you know, making sure that you're in the room is what's going to get you that right opportunity. Yeah, I think having an understanding of what that room is. That's what I mean. you got to have your target there. And then having a plan. Yeah. And then taking action. Uh I think I think there's a lot, a lot to be said about what you just said right there with understanding the room and where you're going and sitting in, because every every point of your life there's a different room you should be sitting in. And I think all too often I watch too many guys. You you've been to a lot of conferences. I've done a lot of that kind of stuff throughout my life, and you watch too many guys just continue to sit in the room because they want to be the big dog. And that don't get you nowhere. So it's having an understanding, like you need to be putting yourself in rooms that stretch you. You should always be reaching up as well as pulling somebody up with you. You, you shouldn't be that big dog, but you shouldn't be the smallest one in the room either. Yeah, a lot of times the big dogs are, you know, especially in this conference world, especially in the day and age of, of coaching. And I have no specific knock on any of these guys. They all have their hustle. They've all worked extremely hard to know what they know and be able to shed that wisdom on others. But uh, I fully agree. I've never been a fan of conferences. Uh, I've probably been President's Club almost every single year in the finance space. They send you to, they bring in a, a big keynote speaker. They have some of the top producers, lawyers, securities attorneys come in and, you know, it's a conference. Plus, it's fun, right? Mm-hmm. We definitely have some drinks at the pool <laughs> and we have some good food and some good laugh. But it gets old, you know, it's just like, who wants to show up and be like, you know, whose penis is bigger, right? And that's not my, uh, 
That's Everybody's got the same watches. They got the same shoes. They yeah. got the same suits. It's all. Being an outsider is something I've been really good at and I embraced my whole life. And, you know, the conferences, even the one I recently did this year where Keaton came into town and we did the speaking. When I was done with it, I think I should continue to speak and get better at my, my stage presence. I do think that's good, but I don't want to be speaking down to you. Let's get into a room and break out. Let's have specific topics that speakers that actually give a shit and want to help. Let's go get into the weeds of these people that are showing up. I don't need to hear 45 minutes of what you're doing. And that actually brings me to my next point. You said something to me on the phone about a gentleman you had met and he had a podcast coach and the podcast coach was teaching him like, hey, no one wants to hear anybody's story. So I'm going to quickly go through your story just to give people a little bit of a, a baseline of who you are and where you came from. So grew up in Ohio. Mm-hmm. Didn't do well in high school. We love people like that here. <laughs> we really do enjoy them. I think those are people that are not pushed into the, the herd mentality of college, corporate job, and then you're caught up in the rat race. And that's not a knock on anybody doing that and taking care of their family. It's just not what I wanted. And I think due to my problems and issues with high school and not being able to sit still and being someone who wanted more, that led me to fast track to what I've been able to do by 37. Now, you were very similar. Didn't like it come out of school, you're working in an auto body shop, you guys are doing really well as young kids, and you just said, you know what, I'm partying a little bit too much, I need to go figure out what the Marine Corps is about. Mm -hmm. So you join the Marines, you do a, you, it's one or two tours overseas. One tour one. overseas, yep. again, thank you for your service, greatly appreciate that. Welcome. And uh, after that, you went into the construction trade. Mm -hmm. um, once you left the Marines, and you actually met your beautiful wife through your bunkmate, at, at um, boot camp, right? Yep. So uh, if you didn't go to the Marines, we wanted to be sitting you wouldn't here have today. your family. Yeah. <laughs> so I just wanted to kind of run through your story. And a lot of those things, especially the Marines, especially doing a tour over and somebody who served this country to give us the freedom for me to sit here today, which they are trying to take away, but I think they will lose in the end. Um, they have to. Yeah, they will. They will. And Having you here is somebody that I want on a show. This is about leaving nuggets. This is about inspiring a young kid that was maybe in a small town of Ohio like you or Michigan or wherever they are in the country to say, hey, I walked a parallel path to Ron. I see similarities in my personality to Ron. I see my dislike in school like Ron and be able to inspire and empower that guy or girl to go chase down what they're doing. And that's what you have done. So to fast forward, get through the construction trade you were managing i think you said a, a a company doing about 200 million just over 25 over 25 yep. million got an extra zero in there for you yeah. sounded good to where we were headed you should you should have <laughs> ran with it so you were you were and, and this is not a knock on your your past prior employer but you were running the company doing some big things mm -hmm. meeting a lot of people and you started to see a flaw in it Talk a little bit about the construction trade, and then we're going to get into your app and everything that you've built out. Yeah, so, you know, you deal with some escalated customers, and I didn't want to deal with escalated customers. So I really took a deep dive in why, and everything I could come back is, is just communication breakdowns. And it wasn't just what I was doing. It's plagued the construction. The first audio you can go find, it was written in 1980, 1991, that stated... The reasons why construction projects will fail, number three, communication on the project. So it's been documented. I'd say that's probably for, been like that forever. Yeah, it's been documented for 30 years that this is the biggest issue, and everything that's been put out there just sucks. Yeah. Like it's, it's, why? Why? Because you got Silicon Valley that builds a bunch of technology, and no one's ever put on a pair of boots. And then it looks great on paper, it sounds awesome, it gets pushed out into the industry and it sucks, and it actually turns people off. Slows things down. Yeah, does the opposite of what it's supposed to. So I saw an opportunity to go fix a problem that the industry has, and that's what I decided to go do. So you launched your brand, originally it was called Nutness. Mm -hmm. You're in the middle of a rebrand. Yep. Um, and that's called Builder Comps. Yep. Um, that's going to be rolling out over the next month or two. Yep. Um, but you already have a current system. You already have users and end users yep. properly and successfully using the system. Mm -hmm. 
before I get too deep in the weeds on that, and we could talk about the tech, and we could talk about your deep understanding of the communication or the lack thereof in the construction trade. Once you got this started, you had run into a program through Grant Cardone. Yep. And once you launched this, obviously it was something that caught someone's eye. How did you get involved in that whole program and talk a little bit about what that program does? Yeah, absolutely. So it was really the the, the kicking point for all of this. It was the real catalyst. So I'm just Ron Newsmom. I'm a construction guy that was in the Marine Corps and now I have a software company. And I got told no a lot. And the reason no came about was because, hey, it's a great idea, but you're probably not the guy. And I'd say that's bullshit. What do you mean I'm not the guy? Well, I'm not from Silicon Valley. I'm not backed by $10 million. Mm. We bootstrapped this to get it to where it's at today. And I was in the middle of doing my first round of 75 hard, which I credit everything to that because it got my edge back. I had gotten out of the Marine Corps and just kind of, I had lost that edge. And I was doing 75 hard and I got it back. And 10X launched their incubator. 23,000 companies applied to be part of that. And I was one of less than 100 that got accepted. And I'm one of about five that's actually now made it to market. So talk about what that is inside 10X. What's that actual program again? Yeah, so it's a inc business incubator where they come in and they were taking napkin IDs or fully developed products, anything like that. But you had to get in and do a five minute pitch. In five minutes, you had to sell, at the time, Grant Cardone, Jared Yellen, uh, Jared, why well, can't I think of his name, the VP of 10 You had to, in five minutes, convince them you were the person and this was the ID. Now, were you already in 10X? No. No, so you had heard about the program. Well, I was around, I, I, so I read 10X role in 2011 and I've read it every year since because I think it's a very powerful book and it should it opens up people's minds on how to think. And I just relate with Grant Cardone. Mm -hmm. Like his mentality, if anybody's ever seen Undercover Billionaire, I think it was one of the first times when I watched a show with my wife and she could actually kind of relate with how I am. Because mm -hmm. I'm all intensive. I'm fucking intense. She's like, oh, like that. that guy. Yeah, that's well, you. It's that's like, you. Well, I'm just like, I'm over. I can get obsessive. I'm, I'll bet the farm. I'll go get it. Just, if somebody's saying no, it don't matter. We're going, this is yes. This is what we're doing. We're headed for it. So I connected with his mentality of it's 10X. Like, if you're, think, if you're thinking this way, you're thinking too small. So I related with that. And I was trying to grind this out and figure out how myself as a non-technical tech founder can go out and take this to market. Like I have this, I call it a haphazard at best PowerPoint presentation of what I think this should look like. I'm pitching this and people are saying I'm not the guy. And I had told her in 2011, one day I'm gonna do a deal with Grant Cardone. I don't know what it is, but we're meant to connect on something. Tenet's incubator rolled out. They were looking for tech companies, tech started software companies. And how did you come about this? That was I just follow. I followed Grant Cardone. So it popped up. Online, you know I mean? social if media. You, if you're doing anything around Grant Cardone, anything he does is in your timeline. Like that's just, yeah. <laughs> he a million dollars a month on social media. It. It's there. So it popped up, and I said, "This is it. Like this is the opportunity." And they're the ones that are going to say yes. So here, go back to what we said five minutes ago about being in the right room and targeting the right room to have that opportunity. So you were looking, you were manifesting this, you were putting it out there. And, and I want to touch on a couple things. Number one, have you ever read Howard Schultz's books, the, the founder of Starbucks? No, I'm not a huge Starbucks I'm pretty sure fan. it's Howard Schultz. That, that, that book is incredible about how many times he pitched that idea. And think mm -hmm. about how su wildly successful Starbucks is. Yep. It's, it's insane. And actually, fun fact, large, uh, Starbucks is the largest bank in the United States of America because of all that money we all put on your Starbucks card that you scan through your phone. Huh. Um, and they're able to lever that money just like any other institution is. Um, that's my ADD jumping in. <laughs> but getting in the right room, you knew that this is the opportunity that you want to do. Another thing I wanted to point out is 75 hard in the edge. 75 hard, I have some gripes with it, all right? And, and Andy would, would, would try to tear me to shreds on it, and that, that's okay. Um, but the one thing I noticed is 
the intention on time and it definitely puts you on edge. That is for sure, because if you've been in a lazy groove of not working out so much and not being intentional with your time and not grinding, man, that's a program that will get you on your grind really, really fast. Two workouts a day, the reading, the diet, the water, the pictures, everything. It's kind of just like makes you get into that mentality of action and building momentum. If you want to build momentum, you got to move. Mm-hmm. And 75 hard definitely makes you move. Well, it made me feel like I was that killer I was when I was in the Marine Corps. Mm-hmm. Like, I knew I was the baddest dude in the room. Mm-hmm. Like, I knew when I was in the Marine Corps. Like, that, that shit's beating your head mm-hmm. through boot camp, through school of infantry. Like, you have an understanding that you're a fucking killer, and you're the baddest dude in any room you walk in. I got out 10 years later. I didn't have that edge. Mm-hmm. I still had it, but I had barely, like... I had a great job, I made great money, our life was fantastic, but I was miserable. Yeah. And I drank too much. I had all the all this stuff mm-hmm. because I was I was on the drug of what a sour is. Yeah. And I wasn't interested. It just didn't make me happy because I had drug out there. I had all these in, I had all these inhibition, all these ideas, the stuff I should be doing. Yeah, you stuffing it down, stuffing it down. Yeah. Cuz comfort. People want comfort, but I don't I don't like to be comfortable. I lost 100 pounds when I was 19. Uh, met my wife in finance. Predominantly, most financial guys, especially if you weren't born into a very natural family with a trust and born in a natural, wealthy town, you didn't have the network to go sell to. So you had to go out there, entertain. It was happy hours, dinners with drinks, golf outings with drinks. And same thing, I, I met my wife. Started to pack on the pound. She lived up in Long Island. I gained like 50 back of that. I've, I've now trended down another 30 over the last 18 months. And if I never made the leap over to doing Fireside America and having the vision of the pit and then having all of that by doing the right thing, feed the finance business, which it has now, I'm number one in the region, um, I would have been a completely miserable prick. I mean, my wife's sitting over here. The difference in me now doing what I'm passionate about every day versus just chasing down $3 million as a finance guy, um, I'm, I'm so much happier. So I can fully relate to that story. And I know as a nugget, most people who watch this also can relate. There's a lot of people still in the corporate grind and the construction trade and many other industries that feel that exact pain that I felt and you felt. And usually that pain will get to a point and move you off your block or you start depending on other things to stuff it down. Mm -hmm. So I love that you said that. But back to the technology. So you go in, you have this technology, you're a non-tech guy. Who did you build it out with? Uh, Jared Yellen, Project 10K. I was able to forge a relationship with him and a partnership, and he's a guy that's been down that road before. He built Sinduit, he was a non-technical tech founder, burned millions of dollars building out his first software, and said there's got to be a better way to do this if you're a non-technical guy like there has to be a better way so he started building project 10k which does that they help guys that have a non-technical background that have a software id that fixes a problem they face Mm -hmm. he put puts an environment or other where they can go do that now did they fund you once you so you landed in this program Mm -hmm. through 10x did they fund your build no i we've not just I, me and my wife. I mean, we've made the decision that we're just going to bootstrap this. Mm-hmm. Like, we've raised no money. We haven't done anything. I, I, I think at that point in time, you have to. You're inherent to the money. Mm-hmm. So, I have goals I want to hit, and we might raise money down the road. But at this point in time, we're going to try to get this cash flow positive and just be the abnormality. Mm-hmm. Like what I've done my entire life. You just grind it out and you make shit happen Mm -hmm. and you just do it what most people would think is the hard way, but most people's easy way, they sacrifice so much to get to that end result that it's the end result's not what they want. So Everybody says just do the work. Yeah, so you just do the work and you just get it there and you figure it out. And I I live by it these days 90 days at a time, man. Like, mm-hmm. that's all you can focus on. It's like, what's the next 90 days? How do we get there, continue to get there, and continue to kill it and crush it? And every 90 days has gotten better. 
So did did his program give you a little bit more of the resources of people you needed to touch base with that can help you bring this all together? And then Absolutely. They, they held your hand through that. How long of a duration was that? Which program are you talking about? So the Ten, program that, yeah. The, Ten Ed's, or pro, I, I still work with Project 10K to today. Mm -hmm. The Ten Ed's incubator, that was just to like get this up and going and Project 10K, I still work with to this day, and I will continue to work with them into the future. Cause Does the 10X program still exist with? Yeah, the 10X Incubator, you can go on 10XIncubator.com and you can submit all kinds of IDs to them. You can go on Project 10K and pitch Project 10K too, mm -hmm. as well, so. Now, did any of these two offer you money? No, I mean, it, we've never talked about money because mm -hmm. that's never been your intention. So, you know, one of the great things that Jared told me from day one is that we're going to build this out and money should never be the roadblock. Mm -hmm. If you let money be the roadblock, all you'll ever be doing is either fundraising or worried about where money's coming from and we'll never get the right product built and we'll never get to market. Instead of just piece by piece building it brick yeah, by brick. because he's seen too many companies in Everybody has. When you look at these tech companies and all they do is just raise money, raise money, burn money, raise money, burn money. Yeah, startup nowadays and, not 10 mil, it's 50 mil. And a product never happens. I know. Like shit won't Everybody even get else to gets market. Paid. Everybody who raises the money gets paid. Yeah, and nothing ever happens. And that's not an environment that success can be created in because what happens is all you trade, all I would have been tra trading is one set of handcuffs for another. Mm hmm and I didn't want to do that. Yeah, anytime you take money on, you definitely have people to answer to. That Unless is. you can get to the point where you can very strategically do it. Yes. And that's, if I ever raise money, that's it'll be very strategic. It's called leverage, it's called yep. revenues. <laughs> you have the right revenues there, mm -hmm. you're able to have a little bit more you know, in the right leverage people. in the negotiation of the people you bring on. Because one of the problems is with people that invest in really early stage tech, are typically not the right people. They're people that are placed in a bet. They probably don't understand the industry you're in. They think you have a good idea and they believe you can bring it to market and they're going to make a bunch of money. What I If I raise money, what I want to do is I want to raise money from the right people that we can leverage that a 10, 100x. We raise a million dollars and we can turn that into $10 million in revenue just because of relationships. The VC firms take on the money they're making their money anyway. Mm -hmm. It's just the same thing in the pharma world. You're trying to get a, a drug off the ground. That's like, you know, the percentage of that is extremely low. The FDA only approves a very small amount of drugs on an annual basis. So you have a, a drug that's in a trial. I mean, it could go after trial, after trial, after trial before it's ever picked up or approved by the FDA. But VC is stuffing millions and millions of dollars. Tech's no, no mm -hmm. different. It's actually just as big. Um, I don't know if it's bigger, but it's just as big. And the same thing, VC money, other private big money. And if those guys hit one thing out of the career, that's life-changing. So they just keep burying the money there. But the other people playing in that space are, are wise to that. Shit, I don't even care if this works. I'm going to come on as a CEO here. You're going to pay me 500 grand. I'm going to have some acceleration equity. If things work out on the back end, good. If not, I'll just go over here and say I did it once before. And someone else will pay him. I see it in the finance industry. You know, SVPs, CEOs, CFOs, they're, you know, they kind of lost at the last company they were at. And then, you know, they're rinsed and, and reused at the next company. And uh, I'm sure the tech guys are really, really good out there sitting they're fat. Career, they're career fundraisers. Yeah. There's guys that are really, really good at raising money. You, I mean, you see that kind of stuff all the time. Yeah. Hey, there's some guys that can just show up and get checks. Yeah. Like, that's just what they're good at. I'm pretty good at getting checks. But you got to be able to create an end outcome yeah. as well. We've been able to with all this, and that's that's been the fun of it. So the, the technology that you have, it's about communication, right? We established that. Yep. I want you to drill a little bit deeper for some of the tech nerds or someone who's playing in the code space or someone who's thinking about starting an app for their own group or their company. And I'm not talking about a simple app you can go get that you can – you know, private white label as a coffee shop that's just taking inbound orders or a bagel shop. You're building out a full app and technology that is pretty in-depth, right? And again, yeah. you're a guy that's not somebody who comes from the tech background. 
So I'm the wrong person to talk to about software. Yeah, but I, <laughs> but I want you to give the high level of it because if anybody understands the helicopter view and what it really does, it's you, right? So you're the person who designed it for the problem. Yeah, and you know what? Developing software is about having a really good product manager is what I've found. Cause, it's like construction. Yeah. And you have to understand the vision. So I understood what I wanted this to be, what this looks like, what this does. And I held strong to that. And I pushed back to the build team when it was like, let's do this or let's do that. And it's like, no, like, let's build the solution for what we're wanting to do because technology, they just, it. Ron, do you understand how hard that will be? That, that's what these guys say. And well, I and no, and it's like, we should do this. It'll make everything so much easier. No, you're adding another layer that makes this shit more complicated. People don't want complicated solutions. I don't. What I build is a communication platform that if you can use Facebook, you can use all platform. Yep. Most stuff is so overly built that people get on it and they're like... So overwhelmed. Yeah. And Did there's a smart office. What was that? Smart office. No. It's a CRM. It's 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 in multiple companies. CRMs are the most guilty people at this. But that's what I'm saying. This is like they bring me into this class one day. This is for finance and it like tethers into all your financial accounts and then it's got this layer and this birthday and it can it could drop it down to this info and give you these reports and this and this and this. And I'm like, I will never use this system. <laughs> this will make my day, it will make my client's day that much worse. And I think that you can almost lose yourself in business trying to get you know to expert level on things like your CRM. So go high level is a good example. They mm -hmm. have simplified a lot of stuff and allowed you to you know build in other technology into the back end of it. But again, I don't want to take the time to learn that. I don't have the time to learn that. I think with technology, especially going into the construction industry, there's a learning curve with anything. But the technology gets so overbuilt. Like I said, when I was working with the build team, and it was like, I was just simplified, simply like just think simple. Don't think we have to revolutionize communication. It's not what we're doing here. What we're doing is we're taking something and we're building a communication platform where we can get everything in one place. It's user friendly and it gets the right people talking to the right people. Mm -hmm. That's all we gotta do. It just has to be simple. It has to be intuitive. We don't have to do anything crazy. Yeah, you want it to be able to... Apple is the biggest cell phone provider out there because of how user-friendly it is. Mm -hmm. I'm going to dive a little bit further into the story. We're going to take a quick break, and we'll be back. Taking a quick break in the podcast, I want to talk about the Pit 2.0. What is the Pit 2.0? It's made up of a huge network of people across all different industries that are solving problems, creating solutions, and also bringing together a lot of marketing and sales idea. If you want to get into a Pit group like this, it's very inexpensive, 147 a month. If you want to learn more about it, check out the links and the information below. So jumping back into to building comms, um, what is your main idea or who is your end user for this you know technology so residential construction builders and contractors that's uh it's a very general statement right so so originally it was built for bigger organizations but what we found is our fastest growing demographic and the people are excited about it are newer builders and contractors within the last three to five years because they understand communication is a problem, and they never want to have that issue, and they want a solution. Yeah, I know you were able to help out another one-on-one -on -one coaching client mm -hmm. of mine, JD. Yep. Um, he's quickly he, he he flipped about 400 homes already, and uh, he worked for a larger organization, um, very big organization, and he said, "Hey, I'm going to go do this on my own." And communication was a big thing between his PM, the customer, the customer being able to relate. And he's a guy building airplane hangers. He's got two you know, multiple seven-figure homes going up. I don't know how many flips that he's doing. And I said, instantly, I just think that you're a good fit for Ron. I think you guys hopped on one call, and he was signed mm -hmm. up right then and there. Yep. Um, so he's right in that demographic that you're speaking of. Yeah, it's, you know, the construction industry, when it comes to technology, I think it's like a lot of industries where we have the old, do good do the old dogs, the guys that are getting ready to leave 
a lot of them are jaded by technology because they were part of that first realm where Silicon Valley came in and introduced all this technology and didn't work for them because mm -hmm. they couldn't figure out how to utilize it. And, but then we have this huge gap where there's By the nobody. time they learn it, the new technology rolled out. Yeah, and now we have a bunch of younger people getting into the trades, becoming builders and More contractors, and they're looking for the solutions. But they don't want the four... Like, they just want a solution that fits as a problem that they're having. They don't want to have to buy all of this stuff and have something completely huge that doesn't fit their business. Just live, little shameless plug for the pit. There's another kid in there. They're doing like 8 to 10 mil revs. They do like small retail commercial build-outs. They work within a hospital being like their small contractor within. I Please forgive me, brother. I, I talk to so many people. <laughs> No, not Caruso, but he's another guy you should connect with. He, he works for a large company. His dad's one of the largest land entitlement and developers in Jersey. All right. Um, but I think it's Juliet. It's Juliet. One of Phil Phil Vitillo invited him in from Diversified Fixtures, but he's a guy. He wants to implement more technology. His dad's an older guy. He's kind of like, do I want to put the capital up to do this? But I think with them having the unit that they have, it's not going to be an extreme cost for them to utilize or, or to use your technology. And I was literally just having a discovery call with him about three weeks ago, and that exact topic came up. Um, so I gotta connect you guys. He's in the pit too, so All just, right. Connor. Connor Jewel, I, I was saying his, his first name, I was mixing it up. Yeah, he's, I mean, and he's, he wants to take that to 16 million. He wants to double his dad's business, they're doing really well. So anyway, you need to connect with Connor. All right. uh, or Connor, connect with Ron. So you're realizing that this is something, and again, to the young user, why did I go in and start wanting to do the podcast and do the coaching group? Well, I saw the advantage that social media had, and as an advisor, when you hold serious licenses that are you know, regulated by FINRA, which is a federal regulator, you're limited to what you could do online because they're all old heads. So like, mm. you can't go on and just generally speak about investments. So I had to weave and bob my way into being able to legally do this podcast. And my compliance team, I, I give them love. They have really worked close with me and, and some of my attorneys and, and my managing partners to allow me to do this. But I knew that the, the, the buyer of what I was doing, the young business owner I wanted to talk to, was on technology. Mm -hmm. They weren't going in the rooms like you and I could do. How old are you? 38. 38. So we're running on the cusp where, like, we were still going to conferences in the construction trade. I was going to conferences. I'm, I'm 16 years in finance. I've been to, you know, 25-plus conferences. And, yes, I can go in and network the room with the best of them. But if I could just do it from my backyard, why wouldn't I? Right? So the young user that's coming in, that's a small contractor. They got a business, $2 million in revs to, to $10 million in revs. They're right in your wheelhouse. Yeah, absolutely. That's all it like I said, that's where we got the most traction. That's the guys that are excited. They're the ones that can't get enough and understand that, yeah, there is going to be a learning curve with this, but I'm willing to invest some time into understanding that because they know the long-term benefit. Like, they're going to be in the business for the next 20, 30 years. If I get this right right now, spend the next six months getting over that learning curve, my entire life would be different. How many users do you have on the platform currently? I got 186. And those are business owners? Yes. That's con builders and contractors. That's my clients. That's who pays for our software. But then they have employees. They may have a PM that utilizes a system oh, for them. Oh, yeah. yeah. You, they can have as many users as they want on there. Uh, I don't cap any of that. We, we do our pricing structure by projects, how many projects you do a month. So... My goal is, and the reason I don't have a price per user, which is what most construction software is, it's like, you know, hey, it's $35 per user where you got 10 people on your team, you're instantly at $350 a month. Mm -hmm. So I just base it per project, and I want you to have as many people as you need to have on here to make this work. Like, yeah. that should never... What I don't understand about construction software and how it's priced is why is it deterrent for the business to have people utilize your software because you're going to charge them more. 
I'm not a technology guy. The only thing that first comes to mind is is the bandwidth of the technology and the and and the backing of it. Mm -hmm. So you have X amount of people on this platform now. It requires bigger servers, more service. You know, that's the only yep. thing I can think about. But yeah, I mean that's a a stupid thing. You know, if I have somebody that comes in and they utilize my technology, why wouldn't I want to have 50 people from that yeah, business? Yeah, you would owner? think because it be, stuff becomes sticky. Like yeah. the end goal is for it to be so I sticky. I think it's great where they can go, hey, I could charge $99 per head of inside That's what ends up happening. And the prices become so inflated where there's big, there's companies spending over $100,000 a month. On, VC's got to get paid, though. Yeah, well, yeah, they do. I mean, there's companies out there that are worth, you know, $9, $18 billion. And, you know, it's not cheap to run their software. There's something I want to point out. You just inspired me to say this. Like, what I did was so pushed back on with all the old heads. It was a dumb idea. And it was a grind. It was a brick by brick. It's still a brick by brick and, and where we want to go with it. But it's that stuff that's built from the ground up with a core understanding, a really good vision of what you want to do, and an, exec an execution plan, which is based upon action, right? You're, mm -hmm. you're, you're pivoting now, but you're focused on the end goal. You know where you want to get to. Well, that's the only thing that matters. I say, I tell people all the time, like, the only thing I'm rem romantic about is our in go. Mm -hmm. None of this other shit matters. Yeah. Like it's going to change. We're going to have different pivots. This is going to change. Pricing might change. How we do this is going to change. But as long as we get to the in go, and for me, that is to change communication in the construction industry to where it's no longer the biggest complaint and do that in a way where we can exit this company and I can create generational wealth yeah do like whatever that, you desire like that's that the end goal that's what i'm romantic about mm -hmm. i'm not romantic about how we get there and i think too many people get hung up on this is how it has to be for me to get there well bullshit yeah it changes because all the time. It's, it's not going to be that way because mm -hmm. i'll tell you what we're not the same company we were six months ago and in six months, we're not going to be the same company. I'm not the same Ron that existed six months ago, and I'm not going to be the same Ron. I, keep, I tell Steph all the time, my goal is to figure out how to be this founder that controls this $100 million company. Well, you've got to keep retooling it. You've got to have different vision. You've got to pivot. Well, the sooner I can get to being that guy, the sooner this company's worth $100 million plus. I'll tell you how you get there. You grow that social media a little bit. <laughs> And, and the right eyes. You don't have to go to the conferences and drive nine mm -hmm. hours to Atlantic City to be in that room. That room's going to come find you right online while you're sitting in your backyard. That room, happened to it me every room day. did come find me. That was, I mean, that was a phone call I got, and I was willing to make the drive to be in that room. Sometimes, the, you know, the, it's worth the squeeze. I just got to push on you, though. The social media, <laughs> you know, maybe it's not your thing. You're, you're, you're pursuing it. You're doing it. You put out good stuff. But... It, growing that, my, my buddy Phil Vitillo, you know, owns the First Fight Fixtures. Mm -hmm. They build, you know, custom cabinetry for the largest healthcare systems in the country. And, you know, they build displays for some of the largest, you know, companies in the country, in the world, really. And uh, as long as they operate here in the United States. And he forever, he'd be like, you know, my guy's not online. You know, doing anything on LinkedIn doesn't matter. Doing stuff, you know, doing some content of my shop doesn't matter. And he hasn't been doing a ton of it, but he has definitely done a lot more than he has two years ago. And it's led to some really big deals for him. And finally, he's realizing everybody is on social media. So depending on how you target them, just like you targeted mm -hmm. the room, you could target that room. You can come into the pit, the pit's full of a ton of contractors. You're just targeting the room virtually now. You're not having to actually go drive and show up somewhere in the physical unless I desire to, like you did with this event. So... Here, you want to know where I get my customers? I'll tell you what's the most under, underutilized place for people to get customers for anything people do. Tell me. Facebook groups. Mm -hmm. I, I'm, I'm a member of over 600 different contractor Facebook groups. I eat, sleep, I breathe in them things. I'm the guy. Them. Yeah, I can see like, that. I, and, and then like that's where my customer lives, or mm -hmm. on Alignable. Like, I make a post on Alignable in a group saying I'm looking for 15 builders and contractors to, to try my software, explain what Boom. it does. Boom, I get 100 comments. Mm -hmm. I'm interested. Get me signed up. Like, they're there. So you're targeting the rooms on I'm social media? Yeah, I'm, not, I'm just not targeting the following. Like, mm -hmm. 
I do social media to create validation about who I am so people know I'm real. Like, mm-hmm. I run a startup. Mm-hmm. So if you go look it up and it's like, oh, this is a startup. Well, who is Ron Newsom? You go find Ron Newsom. Well, this is a real dude. All right, good. And they, it validates that. Like, I'm not growing it to have a following. I'm growing it so I can utilize it. But what's been crazy, what's not what necessarily been crazy is... What validates I, you more? 5,000 followers or 1,000 followers? Mm-hmm. A million followers or 5,000 I think it depends followers. on what I'm trying to do. If I'm trying to get those followers to buy, I need more followers. If I just need to have that presence so there's an understanding of what I do and who I am, and I'm reaching out to these followers, I'm reaching out in these groups, it doesn't really matter how many followers I yeah, have. Yeah, you're still using social media. Yeah. You're just you're just retooling it. We can all use a laptop different ways. Mm-hmm. You're just utilizing social media a different way. And I, I totally get it. And I can tell you're somebody who operates and understands how to operate within these Facebook groups. Um, you know, coming into the pit, I'm sure there's things that you could pick up. You're able to meet people. Mm-hmm. But you're looking at it as, hey, this is 147 bucks a month. I can meet one contractor in there that easily pays this bill times 10. And um, social media is just something that I still think is grossly underutilized by small business owners and, a, and especially in the contractor world. 100, in any business. Just in this, the group I was just with is I stood up in there and I told everybody, if you're not in niche Facebook groups for what you do, you're wrong. You can literally that search is it. where your customer You can search lives. it based on your, it geofences it. Whatever you, can, you do. Yeah. It's insane. I mean, I'm part of contractor contractors in New Orleans. Like, these groups exist that have everybody, no matter what you do, and they're asking questions about your service and what you provide. It could be as stupid as you searched a house in Buffalo, mm-hmm. and there's guys up there with a Buffalo real estate page that simply post things that go on at the Buffalo Bills game, the lakes in the summer, Whatever it is that they do, it is totally a funnel to their business to sell to you. But someone comes in there and they start clicking through this page. Hey, I'm looking for a realtor in the area. Mm-hmm. Boom, that person has it. Yep. So you could create your own groups just like I have. I had yep. a pit that had almost um, 700 members, the free pit, which we have, we have narrowed it down to the people we want to be in. But that drove a lot of eyes to me for other things, not just this business or the podcast. And what's amazing about my social media now is I'm, I'm getting the right eyeballs because I'm, I'm now once or twice a me- week meeting with the right people. I have people finding me and reaching out for stuff that's outside of the box. They mm-hmm. want partnerships. They want to be involved with what I'm doing. They look at it as this is an offer they can stack on top of their offers. Yep. So I might not be reaching my end users. Explain that for somebody that doesn't understand that. So I believe in collaboration. I believe in bringing stuff to other. But what's happening is I have people reaching out to me. So I I had a person that has a a review business. And their number one buying objection from their contractors and builders is I have communication issues with my customers. How am I going to have, how am I going to utilize your review software? So they went on the search of how can they fix that problem, found me, reached out to me, and they're like, we want to offer your software as a solution to an ejection we're getting, and we want to add it into our stack. So we can sell your software and then sell our software. Yeah. So those are the opportunities that start to come up. And you can do that in all businesses. Don't yeah, have to be any just business. I don't, yeah, I don't think... I don't think what I'm doing at all is siloed to construction, to technology, to anything. I think the grass is green if you go find it in these Facebook groups out there is where it lives. Everybody's customer, whatever you do, if you're listening to this right now, go on Facebook, search what you do, and put a city next to it. And there's going to be a Facebook group for it. And there's going to be people in there talking about it or something that's adjacent yeah. to what you do. Yeah, you can go into an area and just search homes. You yep. know? You're going, you're, you're looking to buy real estate or you're an investor. You can literally get right into those groups and you know what houses are on the market that are able well, to and be you know flipped where your or rented cl- there. Well, and you know where your clients hang out. Like, I know where construction guys hang out. I'm a veteran, so I, I'm also part of these veterans groups. There's a lot of contractors that are veterans. Mm-hmm. 
Contractors typically like cars. They're probably in those groups as well. So you can, you know, if you understand your ideal customer, you understand that avatar, you know where they hang out. Mm -hmm. They're probably asking the same questions in those groups as they would in the other groups. But those groups are probably even less for people that are actually can help them. So it's just like the podcast. I don't ever talk about finance besides maybe bring it up just like I did there. But I don't have a podcast based on the moves you should make as a business owner. Mm -hmm. But guess what happens once they're in my ecosystem? The eyes get moved over to, oh, hey, Ryan does finance. We're business owners. We're making five, $10 million a year. This guy can help us with their planning. And, you know, social media it should be used so many different ways. Again, it's a tool. You know, it 100% is. Your, your kid gets on, gets on your cell phone, he's playing games, or he's on YouTube watching Hudson's Playground. You know, if you're a adult like you and I, you're going to utilize that phone to get on social media and use other technology, maybe just like builder comms, mm-hmm. you know, to help improve your, your end result and what you're trying to accomplish. I love the way that we just were able to talk about that because, again, I think it's so, so underutilized. Um, and I watched Ryan Stuman, the Hardcore Closer, and all those guys start their funnel as a Facebook group. And then they pitch you over to their product, which usually you know, was a modular that had like 18 courses within it mm-hmm. for 300 bucks. And they sold that at scale through the Facebook groups. And then obviously they got into running ads and all that, but it all started from the Facebook groups. That was 10 years ago. Yep. It's still relevant to today. And um, today, I, I believe you don't have to build them. Like, because there's so many of them that are built. If you understand who your end customer is, you can go cherry pick them mm-hmm. from other groups. Yes, correct. A lot of times, that's why I think the events are good and some other stuff are good within the group or inviting them onto the podcast. And now your watchers are going to be on my page. Mm-hmm. If this is something that interests them and we have some synergy between the two, now they're hopping over into my group or onto my following and then it's up to my digital infrastructure to have them walk through a trap door somewhere and buy a product or a service from me and my team. But that's the thing. Like you understand your end outcome of what you want your social media to funnel through. And I understand how I want mine to operate. Mm-hmm. And we're, we're they could be we're, different. We're, they're different, but we still, we're reaching all what our visions are. Yep. And then we come together and we collaborate. We have a great conversation here. And like you just said... Your pe- my people are going to funnel over there. Versa. Your social media is going to do exactly what it's supposed to do. Your people are going to funnel over here. My social media is going to do exactly what it's supposed to do. We and have to redo your fake- podcast, though. What was that? We have to redo the podcast. Well, you know, you, know, you can't be out here where the Wi-Fi ain't any good. Yeah, the, it, usually <laughs> it's not terrible, but it, it was it was bad that day. I, I was listening to it back, and I was like, damn. I'm- but, you know, there's good stuff in there. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm a believer that the universe is never wrong. It's up to us to take the action and figure out what we're supposed to create out of it. We did that. It needed to be released. So I release it. Yeah, no, like, I love to it. To me, like that's, but that's some of the, like my pod, there's a lot of rawness to my podcast yeah. because I'm Ron. And what is your podcast name for people that want to go check it out in the construction trade? Construction Champions Podcast. Yeah, and, it, and he does a great job with it. Uh, you do it right out of your office at home. Yep. You know, do yeah, everything. it's nothing. It's how many nothing guys crazy. have you had on now? Uh, I've done sixty. I've recorded sixty-three episodes. I think there's like fifty-two or fifty-three available now. I release two episodes a week, and you're on every platform. Every yeah, platform like... from YouTube to anything you name it. Yeah, that's a. Uh, it's a really good podcast, and you've had some great guys. Mm-hmm. You know, pretty big names, and and even people that have now moved to the social media world. Yep. that have been on there that have a lot of secrets that they could share with you. So make sure you check out Construction Champions. It's Ron does an excellent job. So I, I got to move to more of the, you know, freedom aspect, right? You're somebody who fought for freedom. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, you know, this was, the pit was something that you came and you came out and came to the men's retreat and you're like, hey, these are my people. I found some of my people. I love the, the veterans. I love the contractors. This is something that I think I could go develop deeper relationships from maybe a personal development standpoint or other things that can help me with, not just maybe meeting a contractor, which thankfully you have, and I think Mm -hmm. you'll continue to meet more. Um, I have a ton of big contractors in this area that I've done business with or or network with for many years now. But what makes you think, like you talked about that end goal that you think about in a romantic fashion, 
what does that end goal look for you? And I'm not talking about revs of the company. I'm not talking about how you exit, but I'm talking about your financial freedom and being able to do what you and Steph and your family want to do. I, so I'm going, I'm going to build a legacy and I, I have a real deep passion for helping veterans and I have this whole thing in my mind on like how we could do a better job and it just, it just takes money. Mm. And by having that money is I can just go write these checks and once again, I put myself in a position where I'm not inherent to anybody else. I can do this however I want to do it, how I see best fit. We can see this country has a lot of problems because people were you know, dictated by others to yeah, money. Yeah, people are, people are controlled by money and you're always better if you're not. Mm -hmm. So, well, you actually go do what you want to do. Yeah, you're not just. I want to. There's out. a bigger impact that I'm meant to have. Like this isn't the end end. You know, we'll have this exit. I'll probably buy a Lambo or do all that stuff because mm -hmm. that's all dreams you have when you're growing up. And I dreams I still have now, but like Could I you fit there's in a Lambo. Huh? Could you fit in a Lambo? Can I fit in a Lambo? Yeah, Hell yeah, I can fit in a Lambo. <laughs> like my buddy pulled up here, Anthony, <laughs> at Rob Bailey's podcast, Rob and Dana, and uh, he's like, "You want to go for a ride?" I'm like, "Dude, I don't think I can get out of this thing." <laughs> Guy, just keep going to the gym. <laughs> I just, you know, I just. But I lay, say you're tall. I too. just lay on the floor and I get up. Like yeah. I just have to keep that lay motion down. working, yeah. and then I know I'm gonna be fine. But you know, so like you're, go I'm gonna do that stuff, but that's like not necessarily the end outcome because then once you get to that point you can start to create this legacy and have this impact that's bigger than anything you could ever do if you just went and punched a clock this is the thing that i need to point out though it still takes money yeah a lot of times people are like oh it's not about the money no it's about the money because without the money is. you can't make the change so the missionaries aren't going over and having mission trips if they don't have money to fund my, my brother-in-law runs the h unicorn ranch that's what he does you know what i I, I would love to walk over there and be like, I'm just going to cut you a $5 million check. Mm -hmm. Like, you have this vision what for is what this, you want to do. What is this ranch? Yates Unicorn Ranch. And what, what is it about? He's a knife maker, and he does missionary work locally in Texas and mm -hmm. then also goes overseas and does missionary work. But he uses knife making as the mission to tell the story mm -hmm. about life and how we're all like the metal that a knife and you have to pound it out to be mm -hmm. to create what you are yeah iron sharpens iron yeah but like i want to go write him a check and just be like you have this mission like go do it mm -hmm. if money i want to be the reason why money is not the issue mm -hmm. like attitude like it's all about money like if we don't have money like it's Everybody can say they're doing everything for whatever reasons, but at the end of the day, it takes money to create. Absolutely. And if you're not willing to accept that, you're just going to be chasing this falsehood your entire life of, oh, I don't, it's not about the money, it's not about this. Well, bullshit. It's always about the it's money. It's about the money. Because we could always do more. Like, I, I, I believe people are inherently good. And the more money people have, the better they would do. The right people. The right people. Most the people are inherently good. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I, you know, the vision I had actually originally years and years ago before Fireside existed. And we will, and we got to make sure that this is done legally and, and properly right, but build a fund. And it was always to have this foundation that operated like Shark Tank. You come in and you pitch me, kind of like this incubator, and we just give the money. We don't mm -hmm. even look for equity. So even if down to as dumb as a young kid, and it's not dumb, it's, it's taking action, but needing a truck, a trailer, and, and a lawnmower. And we go and give this kid $50,000, you know, gives him a down payment of the truck, buy some equipment, and, you know, you set this guy or girl on the way. Mm -hmm. And that's something I could see as I talk to you more that's really a big part of your end goal is once I have this money, now I can really go do these other passion projects that I have. The technology is not really your passion. You just saw a problem and said, I want to create a solution. Absolutely. Which will get you to the money. Yeah. So now no, we're, I found we're peeling the onion back a little it's bit. It's a way to get to where I want to be. And that's, what you, that's how you have to do so. That's how you have to look at it. It just like... 
I think everybody's just kind of waiting for that Mega Millions to hit, and then maybe I'll do something. Mm. When you have to get up and you have to do something, like, if you truly want to have an impact, you have to go out there and find a way to do it mm -hmm. and get there. And it's probably not going to be the path that you ever thought. Like, did I ever think I would own a software company? Hell no. Like, that was never something if... 10 years ago or five years ago, we would have sat down and talked and we talked about the trajectory of Ron Newsbaum. It would never be start software tech founder. Mm -hmm. Like that just weren't, but that's like, you continue taking action and you, fall and into you it. end up to where like, boom, this is it. This is, this makes sense. This has legs, this mm -hmm. has traction. You validate things and you're like, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. It's trial and error. Yeah. Right. That's that's the action. I think so many people. Jordan Peterson said this a while back on a reel I saw. It was like so many people sit there and analyze. Well, I want to do something. I hate my current position. I hate my current finances, but I don't have that perfect idea. Just go do it. Mm -hmm. And I try to tell people all this all the all the time. If you have somewhat of an idea, you have an ability to make money, and you're hating commuting two hours a day, three hours a day. I have a guy Pat in the group, Crip Stitches. He was commuting four hours a day between two hours there and two hours back. You know, his daughters were growing up really quick. You know, it was causing a little bit of rift in his, in his marriage because he was never around. And he finally just said, I'm done. I'm giving up this $180,000 a year union job, and I'm going to go back to doing upholstery work. And the guy's happy as he's ever been. I just saw him at coffee this morning for the pit coffee meetup. And he was like, dude, I got up yesterday. I took my daughter for a walk. It was her birthday. We took her up to ride our electric scooter. I went and did an estimate, came back and had dinner with her you know mm -hmm. i have the freedom to now live my life and he's not to where he wants to be in income but already within four months he realized his skill set is really well used in building awnings i don't know if anybody's put a nice awning on the back of their house or a, or a building they're freaking expensive man <laughs> and they go from like 15 to fifty thousand dollars depending mm -hmm. on the size and what you want done the material is not that expensive for him he just got to sew it and put it together um so taking that action and failing forward is what most people completely stop on. Like you fell into this new brand. You fell into some other end users that were not your original user, right? Mm -hmm. You were going for the bigger organization. Yeah. Um, and that was your grit, determination, and, and action that you were taking. I like to call it actionable tenacity. When I look back at my life and getting to where I am today, it's it's all been a combination of action and tenacity and just not taking no for an answer and always be willing to take the next action. Like yeah. Never stop. Just like there's it will pop. Yeah. You just gotta keep going. There's there's either a pivot or there's an understanding that something is coming. You just have to be there. That's I, listen, I, I love what you're doing. I fully believe that you're gonna get to that end goal that you want again I, I know i have a coaching client like i said jd that's already utilizing it and mm -hmm. loves it and uh more people need to check it out rounding this out to an end i like to ask two questions usually um first question is if you're a young entrepreneur guy or girl you know what's the one thing right we can give eight different one-liners <laughs> what's the one thing that you think is most important that they should focus on action yeah agreed just don't ever stop. Just take the action. Don't be afraid of it. Yeah. Too many people give up. And too Way many people too think about it too much and they get in their own head. And as entrepreneurs, it's it's just it's always like this. Mm -hmm. And if we'll if we let it be in our head and we're not just taking the action because we understand that's what we have to do, then that's why there's a a 99% failure rate. Yeah. It's because people just decide that I'm not going to take the action that's necessary. Well, they get they get beat up, they get burnt out. It's and, part of it. You're going yeah. to get beat up no matter what you do. I I you, I'd rather be beat up and figuring it out for myself absolutely. than sinking on someone else's ship. Second question I like to ask is give a shout out to somebody. You know, maybe it's a big contractor, maybe it's another tech company you're working with currently. You know, who do you want to give some love to, or maybe another podcast in the construction space. Man, that's a hard one. <laughs> yeah, like, I know. I'm sure you I, can go to hundreds of I them. I mean. You know, 
I'm going to give a shot. I've been, I met Rollins down here, and mm -hmm. I've been able to spend some time with him. He's been Good. on your podcast. Yep. And, you know, he's an amazing guy. Yeah, he's he an amazing human being. And uh, I'll give a shout-out to him because he, he understands it. He gets it. Yeah, Rollins is a good dude. He was up for the men's retreat, which mm -hmm. you were able to meet him through yep. the pit. Uh, and he's down in your area, not too yeah, far. Yeah, we live about 25 minutes from each other. That's awesome. See, you never know where that connection you happens. You never know. You know, it, it, so as we were wrapping this up or whatever, but you know, like the men's retreat, I was back and forth on that. And then something told me to just write the check and go. There's a reason why. Mm -hmm. So I did. Yeah, and you and there was anybody. the reason. And right. you didn't know anybody. No, I didn't know anybody. You had you had known Dylan, my partner. I, in I had, yeah, I had, yeah. But so something but. told me. I had a gut feeling that I just needed to write the check and go. And you know, I met him here. Yeah. I met a dude that lives 30 minutes from me mm -hmm. that we would have never met probably otherwise. That happened to multiple people there. Rob Bailey being one of them, and Wes, the Navy SEAL, who took us through all the combative training and the tourniquets and all that. Yeah. He uh, he bought a house 20 minutes from Rob. Like, he literally came into town, drove right past the Flagner Fail <laughs> warehouse. And he's like, oh, I know that guy I in his coaching group. Yeah. And Rob ended up loving West too. They're going to be connecting out there, doing some working out and maybe some other stuff together. So, Well, yeah. Th I mean, that's like the you can't. That's part of that action. Like, yeah. when you know that it is the action you need to take, you just take it and you figure it out. Yep. Like, there's probably... You know, Grant Cardone says it the best, is you're just going to continue to have problems. The problems are going to get bigger the bigger the things you do. Yeah, and you So just move understand faster. that. Like, yeah. you're always creating bigger problems. And most people look at it as, if I do that, it's going to create this problem. Well, that problem's only bigger because you're doing bigger things. Yeah, and just focus on the action. Yep. And it kind of takes care of the problem. Well, Ron, this has been great. Um, you're out here for another conference. You and your wife took the ride up. Mm -hmm. You came an hour from Atlantic City up to Point Pleasant to do the podcast. I appreciate you. I hope this you know, gets you connected with some other people in my ecosystem um, and vice versa. So thank you again and uh, cheers. Hey, thank you for having me. I appreciate Absolutely. it. If you enjoyed the podcast and you want to learn more about it, check out the links below.